Hello there. Yo, what's up, man? What up? Happy New Year. Dude, happy New Year, bro. Another one. We're ready to get fucking after it, man. <laughs> That's good because I was doing about nothing the last few days. Yeah, just I'm taking just, it easy. Yeah, I took it easy. Like I'm like I had two days off. I'm I'm normally like working crazy hours and I'm just like, yeah, two days off or reset. I'm like focus in on this year and i'm just like let's set some fucking ground rules you know like <laughs> try to like whip, whip myself into shape you know i'm like dude i gotta some, i haven't heard it put that way before but set some ground rules <laughs> yeah yeah you know just, just like those things you do where you're just like man uh that was a little much i went a little i went a little hard there i should have i should have done more of this and more of that like yeah i i definitely like like i think like I really try to take a moment to like look back over the past year. Cause a lot happened. We had a baby like, like job has been crazy. Like life's been really like, you know, making moves. And I'm just like, all right, uh-huh. I gotta like, I look back at, I'm just like, okay, there was definitely like a good span where I wasn't really paying attention to like every, uh-huh. everything I was doing and like money I was spending and like this and that. And I was just like, kind of like on cruise control, like, Oh, everything's good. Like, you know, I don't really need to think about this, but like, you know, I, I've definitely got out of hand on a couple of things like, Oh, like, yeah, I got to tighten it up, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think like, like this year, I just want to be like, I want to finish stuff. Like I don't want to take on any new unfinished stuff, like finish yeah. stuff, like hold myself to it and be like, all right, you got 10 things that you said you were going to put together or get going or, you know, the favors you were going to do and just never got around to. I just want to like wrap that shit up. This is like a hundred percent right out the gates. That's how I know you're 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 uh you're from mopeds. <laughs> you're like, what? It, what? it haunts you, dude. I'm like un- unfinished projects. What do you mean? <laughs> oh man, I got like an old. I have like an old like uh, Dodge Trans van. I've been working on for three years. I got like every, you see a cheap motorcycle, you just buy it. You're like, I'll just buy it for hundred bucks. I'll figure it out, and then it's like. Oh yeah, I need a case. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The, that's the, the um, that's the curse of being like uh like moped ingenuity. Like it 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 teaches you that you can just like put things off for years because you're just like yeah, I've been working on that yeah. one build for four years now. Like I don't even have all the parts yet. It's just like sitting in a corner. And the collecting. build the build could be anything. Like like my back deck is unfinished because I started building it out of scrap wood. You know, it's like oh, I got enough scrap wood there. I could probably build a deck. Like. Like before you know it, you're like, oh no, I didn't have enough. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, dude. My, my, I feel like my boss yeah. is the same way. He's like, he's always like, yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm building like, I'm building like brick like uh pavers, but beside my entire driveway. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, I got them all laid out. I'm like, it's been months now. I, I doubt he's like buried one brick, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so you take, especially yeah, in the house, you just start taking on larger projects. And just yeah, like, we, we got, we got our house like just about four years ago, and. Um, it it wasn't like a wreck or anything, but like it just the stuff you want to do to it that makes it your own and like keeps you excited. And right before you're gonna do something, you, you get excited about like we had a huge storm last night and like our back fence was falling over and like mm-hmm. oh I didn't I didn't really budget two thousand dollars for a new fence like exactly. Ah, I think, I think so you gotta same, put off something. I think the same time last year I was just like all right babe like uh this year like you get to pick one dude we're either gonna pave the driveway. Or we're gonna do like a uh, new fence, and we don't we don't have like a huge house, so it's like you know a small fence in the front and like a little section in the back. The sides are like 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 uh, 
regular fence covered in like vines and stuff. So they're all like grown uh-huh. in. So I'm like, oh, I don't gonna worry about yeah. those. But I was like, yeah, like either either one of these, let's do it this year. And then like you just get distracted, and we we didn't do either one like all year. <laughs> Thanks for me get anything done. I did finish uh, finished one bike this year for a friend that I was pretty excited about. Nice. It's been so busy I haven't even like shared a single picture of it. Like, <laughs> showed uh, it to anybody but my my buddies who show us off space with. Yeah, um, I feel like that's the worst. Sometimes, yeah. like I, I I definitely make that problem of like not documenting the things. You know, you're like oh you do all these yeah. things and you're like oh man like it would have been cool to like document that and have pictures and like and I'm like I'm like you're a picture dude so I'm like for you to not take a picture I'm like oh man that's crazy. <laughs> Hey, totally, totally. Like, I, I mean, I have like a short video walk around. It's just in my phone. And like, I took some pictures. I actually took several pictures while I was building it because we did like some scratch, um, you know, like full tear down to the last, every last thing, built yeah. wheels, like, built everything. And, um, <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, I spent all this time building this bike. And do I have two or three hours to go through my phone and like find a yeah. year's worth of scattered oh, progress report? I'm like, how am I going to put it together? Is it going to be Instagram reels? It's going to be 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, eh, it's going to be 30 seconds. I worked on this thing for a year. It needs to be a, it needs to be interesting. People are going to watch it. And I'm like, dude, no one's going to watch this. Dude, skip your shit. Like, just yeah. keep it in the phone and, and go turn on TV. I, like, I'm so bummed. Like, I, I'm the worst at this, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are the exact same way. Like all the videos and all the pictures I take in my phone. You're like, I'm like pumped. Like, cool, I got that. Cool, I'm pumped. I have all these photos, but. I a hundred percent never like put them in folders. Like, Ooh, let me, <laughs> let me organize these. It's like, it's like when you open it, someone's computer and their desktop is nothing but like, you know, <laughs> just like everything's saved to the desktop. And you're just like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, that gives me PTSD. I, I worked in, uh, I worked at Apple support for like a, a good number of years. And mm-hmm. uh, like we were in the photo and video department and like just, every basket case is like that you know like people are like i have 150,000 photos of my kid and <laughs> I, I can't i can't find this one i was like who cares you got 150,000 photos like yeah. just pick a different one <laughs> take a new one get off my phone please like wait step away from the computer before it blows up yeah yeah pretty wild uh-huh. Dude, hell yeah! Um, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna hit the intro because I'm already recording, so we're we're live. Cool. We're doing the thing. Uh, I'm gonna hit we're the on. intro. We'll kind of like talk about some bullshit, and then we'll dive into it. And that also gives me time to take off my hoodie because it's really hot, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sweat my ass off. So here we go. Let's get it. All right, roll. So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Like, nah, feel up. Like fuck, dude. <sighs> Where's the cam? There we go. Man, oh man, oh man. Happy New Year to everyone out there in Moped Land. Dude. I, I literally took off my hoodie and I took off my shirt with it. And I was like, oh, I'm shirtless in here. Glad this isn't on video because no one wants to see this man bod. Um, hey, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year. Set some set some ground rules. It might be tightened up. But I was like, dude, like then I was like, oh, wait, there's a there's a there's a button up on the back of the chair. Like I'll at least put that on unbuttoned. So I feel cool as shit in the room right now. Like 
Yeah, I feel I'm Looking feeling sharp. 2023. Looking I'm ready. I'm ready to get it. Car hard on my right chest. On. Like, let's do this thing. Dude, welcome to Open Money <laughs> Podcast. What's going Thank on, you. guys? I'm glad everyone made it another year. If you are still here, you're still playing Mopeds, you're still listening to the podcast, I appreciate it. Thanks for sticking around. I did not do like one of those year in wrap up things to see like, you know, how many plays and listens and all the other things. So maybe I'll do that later or maybe I'll just never get to it. That, that sounds like my, my MO. Um, last week we did not do an episode. It was Christmas, but we did release the moped uh, verse reindeers Christmas song. So that was like the gift from the podcast. Everyone out there. I hope you enjoyed it. If not, then sorry. It, it was definitely um, interesting like to write a song about mopeds and reindeer because uh you know we made the weird decision to make the podcast also a band for no reason because we can so fuck it right <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know it was fun um i did get the ride today like 60 degrees we've been cold as shit like fucking 30s and this last week it's just been like 40 50 55 and it's like then it rained and then we're like oh it's gonna be 60 degrees tomorrow and our local scooter club normally hosts like a sunday ride and they were like how about we have one of the moped homies from the rebel rousers lead the ride today and so our buddy justin led the ride so we went for a decent rip nothing like crazy nothing like out of the you you know out of the out of the norm like a, like a normal kind of ride that we would do on mopeds. And like, people seemed to like it. They were pumped on it. They were like, dude, that was a fun ride. Like I've never been to that hilltop spot. And we're like, what? We come here all the time. How have you guys never been here? Like this place is sick. You can see the city skyline in the distance. Like, you know, take it all in, enjoy the sun, you know, reminisce about last night and all the gunshots going off. Woo. <laughs> Boy, I don't know about you, Mike. So we, we already have a guest on. I'm going to go ahead and say that we got Mike Rafter. Fucking all hail, fucking land squids, fucking OG. Hello. Dude. Thank you. You've been in the game for, for a long me. time. Like, I'm pumped to talk to you about all the things moped related. But, uh, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not I can, sure. Uh, if... I can, can reach back in the past for you. Yeah, dude. And the, and the archive, dude. <laughs> the old steel trap, if you will. <laughs> so long. Yeah. So long. Dude, I don't know like what like what neighborhood you live in or where where you're at. Like where where are you at? Where are you I located? Live, I live in the, I live in Sacramento, pretty close to downtown, in a little um, rapidly gentrifying area called Oak Park. Okay. Uh, I grew up I grew up over here, went to high school over here, and um, finally kind of settled down and bought a house here with my girlfriend a couple of years ago. Sweet. Um, it's it, yeah, gunshots. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah that's what I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, hmm, gentrifying rapidly. Uh, Sacramento. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like where I'm at. Like my neighborhood's definitely gentrifying. Like the house I live yep. in, it's like, you know, yep. some renovated flip house. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. I'm glad I didn't buy it the way it was. Cause it sucked. <laughs> before. I think like for, for young, for young homeowners where most of us are probably in a similar situation, if you buy what you can barely, just barely afford. And yeah. that's just where it puts you. It's not like make a big choice about it. Yeah. You but want the best house you can get. Yeah, and it's That's cool. where it's going to be. Mine came with a garage. I'm pumped on it. Like, I'm like, it's a good spot. Like my street's kind of quiet, but I know what, I know what time it is in my neighborhood. I'm like, I'm like definitely what you would call hood adjacent. And, mm-hmm. and I know where not to go fuck around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. last night, totally. like every, I think every new year's and every 4th of July, it's like the city turns into fucking like Afghanistan, like fucking war zone. 
It's like, oh, we're yeah. we're on the we're on the front lines right now, dude. Like, you just like I took a re- recording. I'm, I'm gonna post it like maybe on the fucking Facebook or Instagram or some shit. But it's like just machine guns and shotguns Ow. and like you know just like for for hours, just like shots ringing, and you're just like, yep, that this is New Year's. <laughs> Everyone's out here celebrating. Hopefully, they're shooting. What city? What city are you in? I'm in Richmond, Virginia. You know, home okay. of the, yeah. the Hell Satan's, uh, Rebel Rousers, Black Black. We got a couple of clubs here. Um, yeah. I know it's a trip out. Trip out. Some of these, uh, some of these cities like hung tough enough to have like multiple gangs. Pretty rad. Yeah, it got weird here. Like it's like I, I remember like for a while, like the whole thing was like, yeah, I'm open army. You get the city. The city's got this club, and like that club's like the club for that city. And like you know, mm-hmm. they, they kind of like everyone who gets in the mopeds ends up eventually like falling into that club. And then, like, over the years, like, we've seen, like, more cl- cities get more clubs. You know, I know Chicago was doing it back in the day. And then, like, Richmond's, like, <laughs> we really split off, like, maybe 10 years ago. And it's like, all right, cool. There's, like, you know, I think the most that we had was, like, five. I think we had four mm-hmm. official Moped Army clubs in our in the same city at one time. I can't That's remember. Crazy. We had – I'm going to go back. I'm going to try to figure it out. We had the Hell Satans, and then we had the Rebel Rousers. And I'm in Black Black, so we had Black Black, and we had one of the buzzards was living here, so we had a buzzard, and god damn it. Oh, and we had Smog Squad, can't forget my boys, Smog Squad. So we had five official Moped Army branches all living in one city at the same time, and it was like, (laughs) it was was really odd, because like, if you looked at the numbers of us, it was like, yeah, uh, everyone here is is enough to make one club. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, funny. pretty dope. We have, uh, oh, you know, over time we've had some, like, some kind of affiliate gangs and clubs that are were really fun. Um, the Lamb Squids were, I don't know how long ago we started that, but uh, like, it seemed like not very long after we were <laughs> started that, some young kids from a nearby town called Rockland started a gang called the Road Gnomes. Nice. Really loved those kids, um, and then we had uh, there's a local group of guys that are very close friends of ours and they're the lost boys mm-hmm. um <laughs> stuff pops up you know yeah i love it dude it's always fun it's like cool. talking all the all the all the club names and stuff too i know a couple episodes ago we tried to like come up with like new names We're like oh what would be like fun new club names you know that like involve moped parts it was a really hard conversation to try to like to guess you know <laughs> yeah yeah totally so, well, it used to be like, you know, it used to be like 10. When I, when I started, we were like 10 gangs on open arms. Yeah. Like, you, you, knew them, you knew them all by like an instant. You knew everybody in every gang. And over time, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And um, just, you know, you pay attention to different things over time. You know, every now and then I'll take a peek and I'll be like, oh my God. Yeah, there's people so, are there's so still many doing now. it big. Yeah, there's so many yeah. clubs. There's some that are like super serious, there's some that are like really chill. And like, yeah. and I love like seeing like every time I see a new club, I'm like, dude, I got to get someone from that club on the podcast to talk to them. Like, but there's, there's still yeah. many, it's like, it's hard to keep up, you know, it's all. Awesome. Yeah. I, I was inactive. I'm pretty inactive with my gang and with uh, open army for a number of years. I, I moved away to LA for some years and um, I stayed friends with my friends, of course, mm-hmm. and stayed friends with my LA and open friends, but just kind of was like less involved in the, like the rallies and building and things and just. Uh, interesting when I came back to SAC a few years ago and 
moved a little closer to everybody. And like, man, these are just like, these are the people I do want to spend like, my weekends with. And these are the people I want to be around. And, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, end up getting back involved. And it's, it's just been, it's just been really cool to kind of feel that family again. Sick. That's awesome, dude. I, I love the fact that, that it's like that. Cause so many of us like get into mopeds. You might, we might not get into them at like a super young age. I think most people are getting into mopeds like in their early twenties when they're around the college age or like transportation at school or something. And our lives change so quickly. Like, you know, after that, you know, you get to your thirties and like, you know, like, you know, you can either like stick with mopeds and doing this thing that you're wasting a lot of time on and money and effort, (laughs) or like you go like focus on some other things that are important to you. But the fact that it's always like an open door and people come back, it's always cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's dive in, dude. Let's go, let's go back, man. I want to know like, how you got into mopeds and your kind of um, your journey through it. I was thinking about it before we were, you know, the last couple of days when I knew we were going to do, uh, do a little podcast about it. And I was like, like, why, why was I even attracted to this at all? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have like a, I have a pretty major skateboarding background. Uh, I spent my whole life as a skateboarder. I traveled and had some success with it and, um, just met a lot of interesting people, a lot of misfits, a lot of people from different classes and, um, I did kind of see that a bit in mopeds too. Like uh, when I first started skateboarding, I liked that it was something different. Um, this was like in 1990. So, you know, at my whole high school, there was like three of us that were skaters and mm-hmm. you know, we get picked on for that. And we're just different, a little bit of outcast vibe. And, um, <laughs> I saw my, my buddy had gotten a moped and like pulled up to our skate shop and I was like, what is that funny bike? And he was like, oh, it's a Columbia commuter. It's super cool. And like, I jumped on it, like rode around the block. And I was like, instantly, I was like, oh, I got to get one of these stupid things. Like I, I just, I've always wanted a motorcycle, but I, I never got it together to get one. And, um, I just started hunting. I, I started hunting. He worked for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So he would come up on them sometimes as people were just throwing stuff away. Um, but yeah, I ended up buying my first bike off of, um, was off it it was an ebay listing in a nearby town and i just i bought a batavis um regency and Mm. of course didn't work 300 bucks (laughs) yeah worse didn't work the guy was like guy was like yeah it doesn't work like whatever if you make it run 300 bucks i stuffed it in my car and took it back to the shop and well not the shop but like i literally took it back to the skate shop (laughs) and it wasn't like six months before i had like like 10 mopeds in the skate shop <laughs> like all the, all the skater kids were like on them we're all trying to make work and um it's just that thing of like wanting to work with your hands and um just trying to figure something out like a puzzle and luckily yeah. like play with little legos and took apart my nintendo console when i was a kid put it back together and um i never worked on cars or anything i didn't have like a cool dad that just showed me how to like make a camaro or anything it's just just all of a sudden, I was like, okay, vehicles now. What am I going to do? How am I going to figure this out? And there wasn't like a giant internet place to dive in. There wasn't a moped wiki yet or anything like that. But there was Myron's Mopeds in California. And you could yeah. call Myron's Mopeds and like order some parts. And like, I just like called this place one time. I was like, hey, man, here's what he's doing. What do I need to do? He's like, I'll, take I'll get you commensor for $5, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, sure enough, got it going just from like this nice guy and his nice lights. Like, but that was back before there was like thousands of people bringing things back to life. So he had a little more time to talk and was down to like give you some help over the phone. Yeah. Um, over the years, he actually like changed his uh, changed his thing. He's like, yeah, well, if you want to talk about mopeds, like, we can do like twenty dollars an hour. We can talk about mopeds on the phone, but like, 
So you're here to order parts. So we're talking about mopeds. Like I got, I got a business to run. It's kind of funny though. Like the, the online racket dude, he's just like, all right guys, like the, the moped hotline, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like but a toll, imagine, a toll number, if, dude. That would have been sick. Like what if Treach just took phone calls and had like a, like a support line just for like tuning? Like, yeah. I don't know. It sounds kind of like this. That was on my back. That's a hundred percent something you'd have to like, you'd have to record it. Like there have to be like rights to shit to like post that stuff afterwards. Be like, all right, yeah. 1-800 fix my broken <laughs> shit. You know, <laughs> pretty nuts, dude. Pretty nuts. And that's the worst. Like trying to like repair a moped over a, over a conversation, you know, when someone's trying to describe yeah. what's broken, it's always the hardest, like the sound, but ooh. like, like when it's one person asking you, it's like, ah, oh, I'm doing this. We're talking about this again. But if, as soon as there's one more homie with you, then it's like, who's going to figure it out? Now it's like interesting to diagnose and you get like, well, it could be that. And then you flex your knowledge and it's the hilarious little back and forth. that always ends up Yeah, dude, Two heads together, dude. Definitely better than one when it comes to mopeds. Like I think yeah. when I got my first bike, I had zero like, I had people that were into mopeds, but I was, I was like, wasn't quite there yet. So like I had the bike and I just had like, it's just growing parts in the corner. And then by the time I got ready to work on it, like no one else, I was like hanging out with Rick road mopeds. So I was just like trying to figure it out with the internet. And as soon as I found other people, like all these things started clicking and I progressed so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just have a few more failures and then like little gut instinct starts to like, yeah. I feel I like it's, it's the same thing with like anything though, like skateboarding, like music, like, like, you know, you're, you're playing guitar by yourself and like, you know, you might like kind of figure out a couple of things with the internet. And then like, next thing you know, you find some people to jam with and like, phew, you like, you're like, you start skyrocketing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If I had to leave anybody with one piece of advice in my many years of uh, <laughs> falling flat on my face, trying to fix stuff is, uh, if you're building a bike from, from zero and like, you know, trying to get it going and tuning, you've done everything, you've built everything, like, don't forget, you have to check how much fuel is in it every time you take <laughs> it out. Like, by the time you've changed your 10th jet, like, you could be through a half a tank of gas, and, like, yeah. you'll be rebuilding the motor because you think you blew it, and it's just no gas. In it. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen it happen to so many people, like, myself like i've heard people that were on baker's dozen this past year talk about that like oh yeah we, we ran we ran out of gas but we're on the side of the road checking all this other shit yeah gas man like, it happens to the best of us <laughs> point a <laughs> yeah point a love yeah. it i, I think stuff. when like, i describe gas like when i describe like working on mopeds to people like i try to like really dumb it down like okay mm -hmm. the gas comes from here so like you should take the yeah. fuel line off and make sure it's coming out of the tank and then I'm like, now put the fuel line back on. Make sure it's going through the fuel line. Now put the filter yep. on. Make sure it's coming out of the filter. And they're like, why are you doing this stuff? I'm like, because each one of these little steps could be your problem. And if you just start from one and, and it, go to the bottom, like you might figure it out. And you know, when you think about like diving in, like oh, I don't want to do all that. Like, dude, just do it. Like, it ends up saving you more time. Way. Yeah, it saves you more time yeah. than you think it would. Every time I've tried to like. I, I, I've talked about it so many times on the podcast too, but I'm like, every time I've like had some broken bike and I'm like, if I can't figure out what's wrong with it in like 30 minutes, like it needs a rebuild. <laughs> like <laughs> it's at that point. Cause it would have been faster to rebuild it. <laughs> yeah. Like once, once you're at like a certain, there's a certain time 
to like money. It's like, all right, dude, like you want to pay me to like look at this bike and try to figure it out for you. I could spend hours trying to diagnose it when, when, when all it really needed was me to like buy some seals and some gaskets and just rebuild the whole thing in one hour. Yeah. And with the old piece of junk, like what are the chances that one thing's wrong with it? Like there's going to be multiple things wrong with it. Like don't approach it from, I'm going to fix the one thing that's wrong. Like it's going to be a catastrophic, like <laughs> number chain of events you're going to get through. Or you fix the one and then down the road, the next thing breaks and then you fix that and down the road, the next thing breaks and it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I, we ran a shop for, I don't even know how many years we had in automatic mopeds, but like, and we started out doing a lot of repairs and things like that. And finally it was like, dude, we don't want to do repairs. So, <laughs> not, this is not the jam. Like let's build stuff. Like <laughs> this is not the jam. So how long after you got your bike and you, you know, you and your skateboard homies started collecting them that like, you know, you formed a group. Uh, within the first year. Yeah. Within the first year. Cause we had, we had found Moped Army and, um, uh, a friend of mine had told me that there was like a guy in San Francisco who like had a ton of mopeds and uh, he was talking about uh, Benji and Graham uh, from Creatures mm-hmm. and I was like oh maybe I can get some from these guys and I like, ended up getting a phone number and I called Graham Graham was like uh, I got some like mopeds if you want one of those and I was like no nah, I don't <laughs> nah, man, I need those pedals, man. I need those pedals. I need those pedals. And he, he was like, ah, all the pedal bikes are just uh, for creatures. Like, no, anybody who's not a creature. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, kind of big time in me. Whatever, man. Um, <laughs> later on, we became very close friends. And <laughs> yeah, true. So the group you guys started, was it was this Land Squids? Or was it something Yeah, it was a Land Squid. It's always been. Um, How did you guys come up with the, the name? My buddy Paul Norton and uh, my buddy Sean Stout, like they, they were making jokes and stuff. And that would be a really funny name. Uh, everyone agreed immediately. There was no debate. Yeah, yeah. Land uh, That's always the best when it works out that way. Because so many times, especially when it comes to like moped g- gangs or whatever, there's so much like hemming and hawing about shit. Like, you know, you can never, yeah. you can never land when you, you got too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, when we were trying to make a name for the shop, that me and Nate would go back and forth on that for a little while trying to figure it out. Like, we were picky about what we wanted to call it. And yeah. Eventually, we just we were like looking through old moped brands and moped ads and stuff, and we saw that there was a motomatic, um, there was a motomatic brand or a motomatic model or something. Like that. That's cool, motomatic, and we just went for that. Sick. It's tight. Um, so you got the group, you guys started a club, and it's it's in Sacramento? Yeah, we were in Sac. Uh, it was probably like 10 or 15 people when we started. Um, we just did a lot of, I mean, we kind of had like some pretty regular rides like everyone does. You got your loops that you like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, little by little, like, it was fun. Just making stuff faster and faster and like meeting people from other cities and going to rallies. And- what was like the aftermarket stuff like at the time? Uh, there wasn't as much stuff, obviously, uh, we ordered stuff. Um, a lot of stuff came from, uh, Nate's account with 50 CCNL. We would order, order like big boxes of stuff cause it was, uh, the only way to get it. So we'd get it straight from the Netherlands. Um, uh, Pliny was, you know, we ran a lot of Pliny kits. We ran a lot of, uh, Metro 80 kits. Um, and I mean, that was like, that was all we really did. And once we, 
once Nate kind of like showed us what was up with like 80 kits, it was like from there on, it's almost all anybody wanted to do. But yeah. why would you do anything else? What was um, like the uh, so what was like the bike of choice like in the group, or did you guys have like a large like selection of different makes? We didn't, you know, California didn't have as many different types of bikes as the rest of the states have. We had just a lot of books, um, um, a lot of books, some Pujos, um, but mostly people just worked with books because they were just a little bit more reliable, easy to work on, easier to figure out for us. Didn't need any like, didn't need me like making tools or anything. Um, I think I always want to just whenever I tell this like where am I, how I got into mopeds and like what's exciting. Like I went to this race in San Jose because we wanted to race mopeds and there was a moped race in a parking lot with cones <laughs> and and there was also a custom moped show that day so it was like hey bring a custom bike um race race your race bike or whatever and this dude Nate, who i hadn't met um yet he showed up and he had like a whole trailer full of custom bikes he had like eight bikes like with like a powder coated pink vespa like with every every little bolt dialed in like yeah. chrome everything like he built like insane Moby. He built like insane Pooks, Pinto, Rally. Like he had this really cool style. Um, and I instantly was like, "Oh, I gotta have this guy build me a bike." Like I gotta work with this guy. He was from a neighboring neighboring city about an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started hanging out a lot. Um, and he could just he just did everything himself. Like just tripped me out, and he doesn't even talk to me. It's so funny. He's been in mopeds forever. I mean, long before I ever was, and um, he doesn't really. He's on the pit army probably every day, but he's never stand type nothing, never says nothing, never chimes in. Just reads everything. Yeah, <laughs> like super super lurker, lurker dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's my seed right there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But yeah, we were just we did a lot of pooks though, tons of pooks, tons. Sick, dude. So the group's growing, like you guys are ripping around sack. Like, are you, are you attracting more members or, is, or was it just people like in your friend circle? I was kind of like starting my friend circle and then uh, people like popped in and out pretty fast when we first got started. Like, people were just like, all right, well, actually I don't like, uh, I don't like riding stuff that breaks down all the time. I'm not interested anymore. Um, it was fine. We just kept our crew kind of tight. We started spending more time with creatures in San Francisco, we would go there sometimes just to ride with them because riding around San Francisco is like being in a video game, like <laughs> such a such a thrill. Like the hills and the, all the turns and the, it just it's a wild place to ride a moped. Yeah. Um, and we just like really vibed with those with that gang. Like had so much fun with them. Uh, it almost felt like we were just like like sometimes felt like we were one gang because we were so tight. We'd go to each other's Christmas parties. Um, and there wasn't another moped gang all the way down to LA, you know, like it was far. It was the only people we could hang out with. True. Um, being on the West. But it, it grew okay. And, you know, early on, I was like, oh, I want to make this huge moped gang. And after a while, I was like, no, I just want to be around good people. Like, yeah. I, wanna, I was like, I want to be around people that are like interested in creating cool bikes. And, like, I, I imagine it's probably the same for everybody. Yeah, just no, a bunch of misfits. Like, no bummers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> we used to have like well we still kind of do have like this vote in process and like it's got to be 100% unanimous if you can add somebody to the gang uh, very rarely has anyone been like told no but um, yeah you really gotta be you really to be fucking up to be like you know like pushed out by moped people <laughs> seriously <fucking laughs> like up. you really gotta have uh, have a problem man <laughs> yeah yeah 
definitely like you got to be a real piece of shit. And so a couple couple dudes were, and they've been pieced out. So yeah, um, which is like kind of cool, you know. We we the scene as a whole tends to like self regulate, you know. There's there's definitely the times shit slipped slip through the cracks, and like you know the butt hurts gotten real out there. But you know for the most part we police ourselves. Totally, yeah. It was a good time. I've um, I've seen worse late. cultures. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so we started doing the gang, you know, we're doing like uh, rallies and stuff like that and having a blast. And um, the 1977 mopeds um, opened a store in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. The which was a mortar. Yeah. And that was that was a really cool shop. Um, the, the community, the guys like the creatures all worked there uh, with Dan and um, Dan and Josh Granta. They were just fantastic. They helped everybody get whatever they could get. And um, I mean, they had a spot right in the mission, like in downtown San Francisco. That's insane. I have yeah. no idea. It was like, I think it was an old bank or something. Um, I never even what a trip to go into spot, it. Dude, it's so crazy. I got, I'll, sh- I'll send you some. Um, yeah, I'll send you some photos from there. It was insane. They made it look like a legit, like modern pro shop for mopeds. It was so sick. Dude, uh, and Benji that. was doing treats kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fluctuated where they would like, you know, sometimes they butt heads and kind of almost have like, almost feel like there's a lot of animosity and maybe some not cool behavior between the two. And sometimes they were just cool again and like helping each other. And, you know, before you knew it, like at the end, um, I don't want to say the end because it's like still a thing, but um, like just, I think eventually everyone just kind of squashed it and was like, was like, Hey, we're just, we're just a bunch of fucking kids. Right. Most kids. Like, can we just be cool and figure it out? And like, yeah. I think Benji and Dan ended up at some point like being very cool. And, um, Cordial. who knows where they're at now? Cause I've been kind of removed. Yeah. I know Dan's but, back in uh Kalamazoo and like, you know, he's got the shop out there and like they did the MA 20 rally out there a couple of years ago, like the 20th union of Mopin army. And it was, yep. it was fun. It was a good time. Like, wild shit happened like a bunch of stories but you know overall yeah. everyone who was there you know had some fun and mm-hmm. you know he's yeah. you know he's doing his thing and treats is still cool. growing and doing all their stuff so they're still you know around yeah and it's hard yeah. it's like awesome. mopeds is like uh the cool thing about mopeds and people who are selling the parts and doing the thing is that like all of us are going to break our shit all the time. Like <laughs> no one's going to have mm-hmm. their bike riding forever. So you definitely have like, you know, an endless supply of clients, but, uh, it's true. It's also the, it's the, the culture has a high turnover rate. So <laughs> we, we, we definitely lose people to, by attrition, like, you know, pretty often. And, and it, it seems, sometimes it seems really slow to gain new people. And then sometimes like we get like, Oh, what happened? We just gained five new people in this community out of nowhere. You know, it, it's weird. Like, that. yeah. Comes yeah. In, if you get like waves. A, yeah. If someone comes in from the outside, sometimes they'll like bring, bring people you hadn't met before. They're awesome. Yeah. I love that. It's like, you got to trick them into riding. And then you're just like, listen, like when you go back to your own life, uh, just let your friends ride it. That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like get them a smile ride and hopefully they'll stick around. <laughs> like, we have more bikes. There's more where these came from. <laughs> pretty sweet dude it's pretty sweet yeah i dig it um where are we at in our so san francisco is kind of popping off 1977's got the shop there treatland and 77 have currently squashed their beef and everything's yeah everything's looking sunny on the bright side um as yeah. far as rallies and stuff go like where were you guys traveling to back then 
Um, like usually about half our gang would try and make all the major rallies. Um, of course, East Coast stuff is hard for us to make because it's just so far away. Trailering bikes that far is it's, it's just really difficult, yeah, especially the, you know, the folks great, who have full time work. Void between like the West Coast and then getting to the Midwest is like a stretch. Yeah, so we would go. We travel north. We drive to Portland or Seattle and, and like run with those folks. And uh, LA had a few rallies over the years, and those were really fun. Um, what's really cool about the LA rallies is a lot of those guys like worked in Hollywood, worked in the industry, and like they knew how to throw a party. Like you know, they had like high quality printed gear and flags, and like you know, they had merch of all sorts, and you know the the spots that they had to, for people to like check in and party at or like go eat is like, holy shit. Like I'm getting an LA experience. This yeah, feels like legit pretty spot. cool shit. Not like meet me, yeah, meet, and like, not meet me in this field behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I, I just, I really love those times. I got really close with a lot of those folks. And they were lifetime friends of mine. And, you know, almost none of them still ride mopeds, but like, I still, I still interact with them. I still like think of them as family and, they're just important to me. Yeah. Well, that's the cool thing about like, just like growing like in any community, like you build bonds and like whether or not like people stick with it, like you still have those friendships. Like, yeah, that's true. I love it. And I have that in skateboarding too. Oh I yeah. Spent definitely. 30, spent 30 years skateboarding and have that same kind of tightness with, with those, that family of mine. We're oh. doing a giant, we're doing a giant reunion uh, in April, a 30 year reunion from the old skate shop that we started that's sick like i I have like my my wife's um one of her really good friends like her fiance like grew up skateboarding and like but like and i grew up skateboarding like it was sick like that's all i did when i was like you know middle school through high school like i just skated every day i was like cool get out of school go skate like cool build some ramps with your friends like you know go to a skate shop like try to get sponsored like you know that was a whole steez you know and yeah and it's cool because I see him like 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 my wife's uh, friends, husband, fiance or whatever. Like him and his buddies still go on skate trips. Like like they're like yeah like they're, they're getting to be their later twenties now. And they're like yep like we still like every like couple of years like we'll like get together and they'll go like on a skate trip like we we'll, you know tour a bunch of parks. And I'm like what? Like my niece can't do any of this stuff anymore. Like <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean I can't barely even ride my like my really my my very favorite like all time moped that was. Um, I don't know, probably heavily featured in a lot of places. The, the, uh, uh, like a of its tank, like black and red. Yeah, yeah the one. Yeah, like. <laughs> that's like the that's like the big build that I I feel like was pretty influential. At some that point was a where people were like, build. "Oh, we definitely got to dive just into that build in a second But like, yeah, that was your totally. bike. That was like, yep, that's totally. that's that's the bike. Like I can barely get on that bike. Like my knees are in my chest. Like it's yeah. ridiculous. It looks great in photos by itself. And you put a person on it, you're like, oh, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny bike. Like, that's yeah. a little, little guy. <laughs> that's a fun thing about mopeds. It's like to see, like, people's progression through it. Because so many people get, come in and they're just like, they're like, cool, I want a top tank. I want M bars or clip-ons. I want this thing to look like cafe. Or they want to look at, like, yeah. some, like, speed racer bike where they're just, like, crunched down. Like, every time they ride, they're in full low position. And it's just like, yeah. the older they get, you just see the bars start rising and the seats get squishier. Dude, it, wasn't, it, it, <laughs> it wasn't long. It wasn't long for me until I was like on some tall, back on some tall talk maxi bars, like <laughs> creeping the seat back farther so my arms could stretch out. 
Yeah, man. I'm like, like, what's what kind of bike should I get? What's good? What's a good size for me? I'm like, have you ever thought about sitting in a computer chair when you're at your desk and like you're working and like you know you feel comfortable? They're like, yeah. I'm like, it should be like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely should be, it like should be just like that. You know, maybe the seat yeah. sucks and like you know you can't you know you can only ride so long, but like you definitely want to save your back and your and your knees and your elbows. <laughs> Like it's been a while totally. since I rode like a Moby like a Moby forty T with like some low bars and my fucking rigid frame. Like yeah. Yeah. And I've been I've been riding motorcycles for years now, kind of bigger bikes too, mm-hmm. like big like big adventure bikes and stuff. And like when I get back on a moped, I'm like, dude, there's no brakes. Dude, why am I feeling every pebble <laughs> in the road? Like this I can feel that the I can feel that the, the forks are tightened down as hard as they can be tightened down and I can feel them wobbling. <laughs> I just does not feel safe. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a, a life on the a life on the edge of the seat kind of feeling you get riding mopeds, which I feel like that's what makes them fun. It's like you feel super connected to everything you're doing, and like yeah. you control the bike, like the, the way you ride a moped and throw it around. Like we've taken big motorcycle homies like on moped rides that go mm-hmm. through like little windy like curve roads, and like we're ripping them up, and they're on this big bike, just like oh man, you guys are kind of going fast through this stuff, man. We're like yeah. Cause it, cause our bikes oh, yeah. weigh nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, um, I think when I realized that, like, when I realized what mopeds were best for, um, was in Los Angeles, we were like, uh, canyon carving in the, um, in the LA mountains. And there's like some really popular motorcycle rides up there where people do a lot of knee dragging. Like a lot of people like bring Porsches up there and they're like, like ripping around corners. And we were just like, going around everybody just on like little mopeds like the the we can we can maneuver better like it's just better we're not even dragging our knee and we're like faster to the corners like it's yeah. just a spindly it's a spindly little skeleton with two wheels i love it i love there's, it there's something like yeah. if you're listening to this episode right now dude and like you've never ridden a moped this is your first time listening to this podcast by some freaking miracle like you gotta try it like it's something fun about riding mopeds Totally. Different yeah. experience. Yeah, I've always I've always liked to be on some kind of two wheel. I've been uh, cycling a lot the past couple of years, trying to stay fit. Like just my my younger self would be laughing and pointing. Like I'm in middle like, bike shorts and like spandex and like the whole kit. Like yeah, the fat, fast glasses and the fucking I saw <laughs> you had I saw you had a fixed, I saw you had a fixed gear deep in your deep in your uh, Instagram thread too. I was like I was deep in the lurk. <laughs> Yeah, man, I got it back in the back in the six year days. Like, uh, I had John Cardiel, a famous, famous skateboarder friend of mine. He was like getting it, like, and had him build me really cool six year. Uh, I still have it. I converted it into like a single speed with like normal bars now. Nice. <laughs> totally got brakes and everything. Yeah, all I got left is my frame. It just hangs up on the wall in my garage. I'm just like, yep. Jeez. My knees remember what fixed gears are like. Never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you feel loose knees in them right now. Yeah, dude. But they were fun, dude. That, that that was a whole experience too, you know. Just the way you control the bike is like it's you're so like in, intertwined. Yeah, yeah, totally. But definitely with the sun, so with the sun being out today, I definitely saw a bunch of the uh, the old guys out. I feel like they had like it's like a pedal club, cycling club. So like they're all out there, you know, their spandex, clip-on boots, like doing the thing, like you know, twenty deep in the peloton or whatever they call it. Dude, group. I'm like, 
don't know why, but I'm into it. I feel like it's I'm in tight. a disguise. Like I'm not. Gonna I feel lie, like I'm in a dude. straight disguise when I'm in like I'm like oh no one no one can make fun of me. They won't even know who I am. Yeah, you're just you're just <laughs> part of the group. Once you're in the pack, you're like all right. He's just another one of the bunch. Looks like looking like Tour de France. I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to head out to the cut and we're just going to, we're going to ride in single line. We're going to fucking, you know, pass each other. I can't remember what all that stuff's called, dude. Like when they ride. I don't, like, I don't know either. Yeah. You know, you ride behind each other and they peel off and like to keep the fucking speed going. It's tight. I I, yeah. res- I respect cycling for sure. Like, it's, pretty, it's pretty fun. I, I just like to stay active. And since I can't skate anymore, I can't like take any impact at all on my feet and my knees. Like, I can't even like jump down three stairs like without like major pain in my back. So yeah. uh, I had to find something where I could just still be moving around and uh, cycling's been it. That's awesome. It's cool. Well, at yeah. least you found something like some people can't find anything. Uh huh. You know, you totally. Find yourself doing water aerobics or something, bro. Hey, it'll be a point. I'm sure. <laughs> Get real slow. Dude. So, so you guys are ripping it up in LA and like, I feel like every time I've like really thought about the creatures or like seen someone at a rally, I was like, yeah, like or someone talk about like a, a LA rally creature. Rally. They're always just talking about how like wild it is. It's just like no holds bars. The ride's super fast. Like we're just like ripping around cars. Everyone's like swarming. There's no formation. And like, was it, yeah. was that kind of yeah, what we'll it was think like? About like yeah. It's a little wilder in California because like we don't have, uh, like we're allowed to lane split, right? It's legal. So, like, it's not like anyone's scared to get a ticket. And I remember we went to Seattle and I was like, man, y'all are so stingy with your rides. Like, why are we creeping? Like, can I just get past? Like, let's go. And like the people leading the ride be like, oh, dude, like cops, like, cops, <laughs> cops. Like, oh, let's go. Let's go. Um, but yeah, San Francisco was wild. LA was wild like that too. Uh, and San Francisco was really interesting is like the creatures and you should get somebody from the creatures on your podcast to tell you more about this. But like, they, their ride was always a Monday night ride that started at Edinburgh Castle, which is like the top, it was like one of the, one of the more high altitude spots in San Francisco. And then they would just bomb the whole city. Like they would just be like <laughs> miles through the city. And it's just, it's so high energy compared to uh, Sacramento. Like Sacramento, like we didn't do like a bunch of night rides where we were waiting for the city to go to sleep like them. And they had like an entire skate park to almost like ride mopeds through. Like, in fact, we go out on the weekends and we have like these long Delta roads where you can ride 50 miles with not a single stop sign. You know, yeah. like you're like along a river forever. Out in, out it's beautiful. In it's wide open. Yeah. And like, since there's no stop signs, like it, we didn't care if our bikes had no low end. So like, yeah, well you go slow for a little bit and then you go fast mm-hmm. <laughs> you go fast the whole time. So, we we're trying to build 60 plus bikes like way back in the day um, because those were our roads. People come to our rallies and get smoked. <laughs> yeah. They would just, I mean, they just seize up because like they'd never been on a road that didn't have a stop sign ever. They don't know how to like feather it back. Like, Hey, hold back. Like watch your temps. Like people just blast until they were like seized out. I'm like, all right, well jump in, <laughs> jump in the chase. You're out. <laughs> um, we were, we were gearing like really heavy early on. Mm-hmm. Um, where other folks won't where other folks weren't because it's just our you know our geography just called for it yeah that's sick like uh i've never been to saxon like i can't really think about how it is but i know here flat yeah flat no hills here okay that's why i get it like you, you just get hit the straight and there's no like nothing you just let it stretch out you that's just cool. go yeah i mean like we would set our we would set our uh our throttles up like cruise control have them super tight so you can just be like set it let it roll um loved it 
good times. I need to actually probably do more of that, but it's so much scary. It's so much scarier these days. So what was it like? Like like hosting? Like you guys said, like people would come there and they and they would just blow their shit up. Like how was it hosting events and rallies in your city? Yeah, well, uh, creatures and landscapes would trade off year year after year because we're so close to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would each have a year where we do a rally, and then they would do it next year. just hosting them was nuts because there was like 45 creatures at one point. They had a huge gang. So yeah, like, it used to be so Having big. them come to our city, it was like, oh boy, like where are we going to put all these people? And <laughs> first couple of years were from all at our houses. I think I had 40 creatures at my house um, <laughs> like a long time ago. And the next time we did, I was like, okay, y'all, here's where Motel 6 is. <laughs> 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 and nobody had a problem with it yeah. at, at all. It's been fine. Totally fine. I had Maddie um, on we a are... couple times, and he uh, he told me this one time they all took like a bus to LA or something for a rally, and they just showed up. They so, rented so shit housed. <laughs> yeah, they rented like a giant U-Haul or a rider truck or something, and then like you know you put bikes back there, but then they put people back there, and you're not supposed <laughs> to have people back there. So they were just back there for hours, like just getting wasted. And they when we rolled that thing up when they got to LA, like it was it was shit hammered already. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these are all stories I think everyone can can feel. Anyone listening to your show is like probably deep in the deep in the moped. Yeah. Cut. <laughs> so you guys are hosting. You got you got you know you got the trading off year, which is cool because like I feel there's like that's a huge problem we do have like in the Midwest. There's so many clubs now in the Midwest that it's like sometimes there's too many rallies, which is like not necessarily a bad thing for people who live right there, but like yeah. people who you want to travel to come see you and come hang out and do the thing. It's like, all right, man, like I'm not going to Michigan four times for, for nah. four different rallies and you're in the same state. Like you guys need to team nah. up or switch off or something. And I remember like, you know, Chicago used to do that between the hot and ready's and petty cash when they were still around. Indeed. Petty cash. I think I went to, uh, I went to Kalamazoo rally one time and I had to go through Chicago. Um, and I met the petty cash dudes when they had had a, a brick and mortar shop and, and they were on some other shit. I was like, dude, these guys have a whole different moped style. Like they're like hip hop mopeders. This is yeah, fucking yeah. sick. Cause like the skater in me was like, kind of like leaned, leaned in that like direction. And, um, I was fan, I was fanning out. I was like, these guys are sick. They got fluorescent, fluorescent paint on their whips, like <laughs> doing all kinds of, and all kinds of fun stuff because we thought we were like really serious about our builds. We're like, oh, it's gonna look cool. Like we wanted like motorcycle styling stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, these guys were just having fun making like more like old BMX style stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. That's one thing that really interests me about like the older moped scene. Like, so say like ten years ago plus, like the internet presence wasn't as big. There was no Instagram. There was no social media. So like everyone's builds were really based on like where you were living, like the way they were set up, the styling, the way like the clubs were built, set up like, and then you go to somewhere else and you see like a completely different community of mopeds. You're like, how, like how is this even the same thing? It's so different everywhere you'd go. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It was super cool. I think um, one of the most dramatic differences of style that i saw pop on the scene like at some point things got a little homogenous like probably around like 2010 2011 and like everyone's builds started looking similar the cuts uh, came people out. were doing a lot of the same stuff yeah yeah but when 
black black started showing up to people's fucking rallies. And these dudes were like, yes, yeah, sir. Like, black black. That's right, boys. <laughs> yes, sir. Ski. Black forever. Forever black, black, baby. Black let's button. go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the black flag rolled on the scene, and they were like, "Dude, they." I don't want to say. I don't want to say that they were like. They're. I guess they were just their own thing, man. They like would roll up, and I'd be like, "Oh shit, these dudes are coming for the scene. Like they're coming to take over. Like, oh, you guys think you fucking party? Like, let me show you how to do it. And like, oh, you think your fucking bike's fast? Let me show you how to do it and have it be a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like they had these bikes that were just like." wait, that thing runs and like, boom, go ghosting people on that thing. And be like, dude, that's unsafe. Your pants are fucking unsafe. Like, <laughs> just like, holy shit. And like, dude, your smell is unsafe. Bro. Like, you cannot stay in my house. Like, <laughs> you rode the train here with your moped. What? <laughs> yes. And there was, a, there was around that point where I was just like, Oh dude, there's no rules in this. Like you just do what you want to do. These dudes are fucking badass. Loved it. Oh yeah, good to, good to hear the boys were holding it down back in the day. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Well, Black Lives, it's not like it's not really regional anymore, right? It's just like yeah, we people all over the place. Yeah, we've turned the Black Black Army uh, a little, yep. bit, little bit of us everywhere, scattered all about. Like it, <laughs> it, it makes for for an interesting club like uh, dynamic right. for sure. Yeah, pretty like, fucking cool. The, the one thing I I I that it's like bums me out about it sometimes not like to, to to like harsh on it but it's like we are so spread out that it's like i don't i don't some days i don't feel like super like tight like you know you go to some cities and you're like cool like the zeros they all wrench in the same shop they all mm. see each other multiple times a week like they're they're all together all their bikes are in one spot like you know when you go to that city that they're holding it the fuck down. Like, same thing with, like, there's other cities where it's, like, you go to that city, like, you, you think of one moped club because they are the club there. They run everything. They can they do all the events. They do all the hosting. They are, like, what's keeping the scene alive. And, right. like, I don't, like, have that where I'm at because, like, we're, like, a, a small city with a bunch of clubs, so we're all kind of just, like, in a, a mixing bowl, like a little pot. And, like, so I feel like the ties to like multiple clubs, even though I'm only in one. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, I can see how that would be. Yeah. For good times though. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are hosting, you're doing the thing and you're, you know, you're traveling a little bit. You're seeing what the other scenes are like. What was the furthest you guys, you know, went to a rally? Uh, like I think we we went to like um, the first big East Coast one that a lot of us went to was uh, Kalamazoo 13. Um, uh, a lot of us flew out there, and then a, a friend of ours like trailed a bunch of bikes for us because it was a, it was a, it was like one of the I want to say it was one of the first national rallies. Um, I don't know when the term national rally really like became a thing, but um, the West Coast gangs were rather new, mm -hmm. so having us exist at all started to become like a big deal there was like a captain's meeting and it was like oh shit there's gonna be a captain's meeting like what do we and i was the captain of our gang i was like what do they talk about at a fucking captain's meeting and there was like very serious meeting 
Oh, man, it's like talking about the state of your gang and like, like, what are you guys' goals? And I was like, looking back and I'm like, oh, we were just kids and we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. (laughs) I think my last captain meeting was like maybe five years ago and it was like, it was pretty chill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just different now. I I don't have, I don't don't have like any ego whatsoever at this point in my life. I'm just like very different as a 47 year old person. Yeah. I'm not attached to like any, I don't attach any importance to like, if anyone likes anything I do anymore, like after 40, I was just like, I'm just doing things I like to do. And I hope I'm not bugging anybody. <laughs> like guys, let me, let me, let me tough it out the next la- last 30 years, dude. I got this. Like <laughs> seriously, anything I do will be um, over soon enough. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we made some East coast rallies, made some fun, made a lot of friends. Um, and when we came back, I think when we came back from that, um, a lot of people had seen these great bikes we had built and we had a lot of people uh, asking us like, Oh, like, how did you do this? How did you do that? And, um, I was, I had become very close friends with Nate, um, who built this bike with me or you know, built this bike for me, basically that, uh, that Badavis, like, that was just like the beginning of our friendship. I met him at the custom show and I was like, dude, you build me a bike. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'll pay for whatever, like put it together. Um, cause I was, I was only like a, like not even a year in and he was so advanced. Yeah. He was like, and oh, okay. So I got a question about that bike before we dive too mm-hmm. deep. So I've seen multiple pictures where there's like, is it the same bike that just like kind of like morphed a little bit? Cause I remember seeing like the one that had the same tank and it was the same seat, but it had like, you know, some brass knuckles and stuff. And then there's like, the oh, more finished... you, saw two, you saw two, you saw two of the chopper style one, right? Yeah. Were they okay, two so different bikes? Nate, yeah, Nate built um, Nate built this one bike that was uh, originally a Magnum frame, and he chopped it into um, he's chopped and extended it a bit, and he made like kind of chopper style thing, and he called it the I think he called it the Yuba bike, yeah, it was the Yuba bike, and it had brass knuckles for the um, yeah. for the clutch start lever. <laughs> um, that was like at the custom bike show when we met him. I was like, what the fuck is this thing? It's so sick. Um, so he built that and. We got a lot of, he had a lot of interest for that. Like once we had the shop going and the website and stuff and like, um, that was his friend Pete's bike. Um, and that bike showed up on the internet a lot to the point where some kid like started just like banging down Nate's door to have him. And this was like years later, I think it was yeah. like probably five years later. Some kid was like, I really want that bike. I want one like that. And he's like, what would it cost? Just make another one. And he convinced, <laughs> he convinced Nate to just make another one. And, the only real difference between the two was that, like, the the second one was just better, <laughs> you know, because, like, years had gone by. It had, like, a motomatic pipe on it, and it had, like, just more bells and whistles, and, like, it was just cooler. I don't know where it ended up. Um, ended up second. Maybe it ended up in Chicago. My brain's getting, like, a little foggy because I also, somewhere in my brain, I'm saying, like, some, some chick maybe had it built. It's a model chick from Chicago. Yeah. I'm losing it. It's been too many years. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Very similar bike though. Um, yeah. Nick, Nick goes all out. Sick. So you had them uh, start, start building yours. And like, did you guys have like an idea of what you wanted to be like at the end when you started on it? I mean, I did. Yeah. I, I had an idea. I had a, um, I had a Badavist HS50 and I really wanted it to be a cafe racer because it's already almost a cafe racer the way it exists. Um, 
and I just, you know, I always wanted a motorcycle. So of course I wanted a moped to look like one, like everybody else. And, um, just bought the parts and Nate kind of like, we work on it in his spare time. I had Nate driving over to Sacramento to like, I was kind of putting him to work. I was like, Hey man, we got a lot of people with a lot of bikes. Like a lot of people would have you work on their bikes. If you would come work on them, he would bring all his tools and drive an hour over here and hang out in my little garage and fix up people's bikes. And we just really got along, you know, we just had a lot of fun together. So ended up convincing him to move to Sacramento and then and this is the, him the and his girl moved. Automatic. Yeah. Like we were doing it out of a little garage and, um, I was like, I wasn't really doing great at my job. I had like a little skin shop and it wasn't doing very well. I wanted to do something else. I wasn't ready to go and get a regular job. So I ended up renting a, like a pretty inexpensive little warehouse space in downtown Sac. It was like uh, 1,200 square feet. Um, and we could do whatever we wanted. It was a double garage door and an alleyway. And I was like, Nate, like if we rent this space, like we can start a shop and like that'll just be our job. So we just have the shop. He was like, okay, let's try it. I mean, we could just try it. And we just tried it and we were able to break even and we were able to like barely like, you know, make ends meet a little bit and have, have it a real job. Um, but what was really cool is we, we had a whole powder coating rig. We had like big welders and MIG welders. And like, uh, we ended up with a lathe. We ended up with just a lot of, a lot of tools in there. Um, and right around that time, we were having, we were having a hard time getting parts from 52 CNL. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't get the, the N8 piece, well, not the N8 piece, but, uh, we couldn't get the eight piece. That we like the homeots, homeots. We couldn't get them anymore, um, and it would take us like three months to even get the order. We wouldn't even know that it wouldn't have it in there. So we're waiting on parts that never come. And I was like, I was like, Nate, I bet you could just build that pipe. Like, just mm-hmm. build it. Like, grab some sheet metal, and just build it. Like, you know how to build stuff. Like, just build it. <laughs> and sure enough, he's like, oh, I'll try. And like three days later, he knocked out a pipe. And like, I was like, damn, well, wh- is it gonna work? Like, let's dun, run it. Does dun. it work? I was like. Incomes Motomatic Destroyer. Dude, I know. Like, we, he made a few pipes, and then before you know it, we had a website, and then, like, we had a waiting list. And um, it was just, it could have been, like, really lucrative, but it's, like, the labor on it. It's just really a lot of labor to build a pipe. And we, he was using some um, pretty, he wasn't using lightweight steel either. He was using, like, heavy gauge steel, so it's harder to, hard to make them, but he was. He was dead set on like, hey, we need like these pipes are going to be a little quieter because they're thicker metal. They're going to be more durable. People aren't going to be returning them and breaking them. Like they're going to be solid. And there was just no. He just wouldn't. I don't know. He wouldn't. Uh, he refused to like let anything out of the shop that wasn't the highest quality. Like, yeah, two of just so insane. <laughs> it's hard to explain. You have to like see. <laughs> you have to see the process, but. Um, yeah, I feel trip, like, you know, like I feel like so much of that has to be like because we know like our homie that's Ryan Go that's doing it now, like he's making crank pipes, and it's like he's got the same problems, you know, months waiting list for pipes because like it's all by hand. It's like there's so much piecework to it. It's like it takes the time to make it. Yeah, it does. There's no getting around it. The time's the time. Um, and we we actually got to meet Ryan. Nate and I met him last year he came out and we met him at our little shop space that we shared it was a lot of fun to see everything he's done and like follow what he's done because honestly like me and nate like we are not like up to date on what's been going on in mopeds but 
do we see the outliers who are killing it? Yeah, we notice. Like, yeah. you know what the fuck is going on? Um, and Ryan's like, he's fucking bounds ahead of anything we've ever done. Like, it's fucking way out there. Yeah. Um, but I do like to think that, like, hopefully, you know, somewhere in the past, like, I hope that, like, we helped, like, launch the passion for doing that kind of stuff. And definitely. When there's a vacuum, you know, like, we can't get something. Maybe Ryan was frustrated he couldn't get the fucking thing that he wanted. He's like, I'm going to fucking make it. (laughs) Who knows? That's probably what happened. I mean, that's that's the one thing I do love about this community. It's, like, a lot of the stuff that's come to those moments where it's just, like, all right, dude, it's time to shit or get off the pot. And, like, the scene's kind of stepped up. It's, like, you guys were making shit. Weekends was making their pipes back in the day down in Florida. And it's just, like, these cool parts are coming out. And it's, like, we had the community that would, like, support it and buy it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's funny when, it, when I think about it, like, when we were first making the pipes, like, who who even would want to buy them from us? Like, we don't have a – we can't prove that they're, like, do anything. <laughs> Take like, our like, word for it. They're good. The, yeah. Well, the trick is this. It's like the trick is that like we're we're all dealing with vintage mopeds, and so rarely does a new part come out that it's like as soon as a new part comes out, everyone's sweating it. It's like it's like where I live. Like you know, you live in a, a small city or somewhere it's gentrified. It's like cool. Every time a new restaurant opens up, they get fucking swarmed. Like as soon as it opens, that's the new spot. Everyone's going there. Like there's shits like lines up like around the corner because it's something new right. and like interesting. Yeah. So, it's like I'm not gonna lie, dude. Every time a new part comes out for like a bike that I own or one of the, one of the makes or something that I'm like I'm riding, I'm like, dude, I gotta get, I gotta have it. I don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> I don't even know what I don't even know how, yeah. how, how it works. I'm like, ooh, what new shiny? I need it. Yeah, I, I get excited about stuff. So. <laughs> I still have boxes cool. of burning very... parts that I've never even used. <laughs> yeah, true. I, yeah, I do. I would love to go on record saying that like Ryan, Ryan is like running the fucking show now like if you want something solid like that's your guy hell yeah respect that for sure thank you ryan for like totally. everything you're doing bud killing it yeah very impressive very fucking impressive really nice guy too i uh i see that he like he makes shit for he could just price everybody out and like do high-end work for only people who can afford it but it's like doing that you know yeah. he's like yeah i mean he's like still making like oh, i'll make aerosol intake or like i'll make a little tomos intake or whatever yeah. Fuck man, there would be a point where we may have been like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I feel like that stuff's like he can bang that stuff out because like they're like because it's easier to do than making a whole pipe. So it's like, yeah, I feel like okay, cool. That's like you know, if you guys need intake for sure, buy your shit from from Ryan so you can help support him and keep him like keep him going so he doesn't stop making pipes. Like buy his intakes, yeah. buy like whatever else he's making to like keep him keep him up there, dude. Yeah, yeah, very cool to meet that. And if you want that custom junk, uh, you can pay that upcharge to get something fancy. Just just put it out there. Yeah, you guys, right. If you guys didn't know, like you're hearing it now, like if you got some fancy pipe you want, hit up Ryan. He can make you some one-off crazy shit, but you will pay the pretty penny for it. It'll be worth it. Yeah. It'll look sick. It'll yeah. sound cool. No one else will have yeah. it. Someone's going someone's gonna to be like, I'm going to need mine in stainless, please. <laughs> That would be a little extra. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'd do it, dude. I'd drop, you know, five spot, you know, on a fucking. Dude, a pipe that'll never rust? Some fancy so pipe, good. dude. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's like, how many how many $100 pipes have we broken in, in this in this community, dude? Like, I broke a lot of them. You know, fucking dude, just how many piles like, of promo pipes I've, I've trashed over the years? Yeah. I mean, think about every, like, the end of every pipe, like, it's the baffles blowing out or the kickstand eventually, like, where's the hole? Yeah. 
we still, I don't know, we still see pipes come through the shop sometimes. They're like, like, oh shit, like that was like version two. Um, my buddy Dave bought one off of somebody recently used and he's got it in the shop right now. I was looking at it like, oh shit, I can see where it's been repaired and you can kind of see the history of it. Yeah. It is sick that like, yeah. once that stuff hits the community or hits the fucking streets, it's like, it doesn't, they don't go away. Like aftermarket parts are rarely getting like thrown in the trash, you know, they just go on a bike and they, the bike gets sold to someone else and it goes down the road and they're like, cool, what's this fucking pipe I got? Motomatic? Oh, never heard of it, you know, or maybe they did. Yeah. For the, for yeah. I mean, people. if it was made well, yeah. If you got a quality product, but it's going to last many generations and it's got no moving parts on it. So why wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's up. So you guys, so you guys have started the shop, you're doing a thing, you've rented a space and you're, you know, you're starting to get, you know, legit about it. Like, how's it going? Like after that, are you, you're doing some repair work, you're keeping it going, you're flipping bikes. Like what's the deal? Yeah. Look, we were doing custom bikes. We're doing bikes that we would just build and sell. We were doing a little bit of everything. Um, The exhausts were the main like bread and butter for a couple of years there. It was like exhaust intake. You can turn five dollars worth of metal into like a you know fifty eighty dollar intake. That's that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, pipes are like probably sixteen to twenty dollars worth of material, selling for two hundred eighty bucks. Um, but you get an assembly line going. Nate would like bang them out, weld them up. Um, I would usually like blast them, coat them, ship them, run the marketing, stay active on Open Army, pump the product. Uh, you know, go to the rally, talk everyone's fucking hair off, like um, run the business. You know, like yeah. I was kind of like. I was kind of like business marketing side guy. He was like the welder guy who inventor guys just make every, anything that needed to be made. Um, we worked really well together for a number of years. Um, we lost our first location because we had a, we had a neighbor who was like hated all the noise that we made. We were in a probably too close to a residential neighborhood to like really be doing what we we're doing. Like mm-hmm. Sandblast cabinet all the time, like hammering fucking steel all day and, test tuning mopeds in the alley like it's a good way to get your ass kicked out of a spot yeah um, so we got after two years we got out of that spot and we ended up in a more remote like big big warehouse where no one cared what we did and we just made a fucking mess it was insane loved it um we could ride on the property <laughs> no one cared what we were doing out there did it kind we of double that going as like a, did it end up kind of doubling as like a club like hangout spot too like the Clubhouse? No, it was, no, was, it it was kind of more private. Like our first spot was more almost retail. Like people would walk in off the street and like ask questions. Mm-hmm. But our, uh, our second spot was so far out in the cut, like nobody would ever happen upon it. We didn't have a sign or anything. It was just like, Hey, we're, we're a shop. Like we run our own little shop. And we would kind of not want people to come by. It was like, we go, we go there, we do our work. We would make appointments for our homies and like our homies could come by or something like, Hey, like I really need to fix them one day like okay you can bring it drop it off like but yeah. then get out of here like <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh it was not a hangout um but it was it was cool for our close for our very close friends to like work on the bikes we were cool with people coming to the shop we had at that point we had unlimited space it's closer to like it was probably three four thousand square feet gigantic space like it shifts strewn all over the place we get i mean it was so big of a warehouse like you could ride inside the warehouse like you could be like riding around it um, so we did that for a long time. Um, I started uh, started getting to a point where I was like, I wasn't really making enough money. Um, Nate wasn't really making enough money either doing what we were doing. You can only just you can only hammer on pipes for so long before you just lose your mind too. Yeah. Um, and I I 
ended up scoring a job at Apple, um, teaching video production. And I was like, oh shit, like I can't say no to that. It's like health insurance, and it's like guaranteed pay, and like starting at $19 an hour. And like, this yeah. was 12, 13 years ago. And I was like, man, I, I don't think I can be at the shop anymore. And I was kind of doing the math with Nate, and I was like, man, if you just did, if, if you stop doing, if we stop doing repairs entirely, stop offering fiber code services, stop like all custom work, just did pipes, like you can make a good living. But it would have to be just you because you can't be splitting that money. Yeah. You don't need me to, you don't need me to sell them anymore. There's a 25 person waiting list, you know, like you don't need to pump them. <laughs> the waiting list continues to grow. Why? I mean, I should just go get a job and you should just continue to shop. So uh, that's what we did. I, we had collected, you know, millions of parts over the years and millions mm-hmm. of bikes and wheels and just equipment and tools and everything. And I just said, Hey man, it's all yours. It's all yours now. Like I just want to key to the shop. <laughs> I just want to be able to come in, you know, like uh, we agreed to like dissolve my half of it. And he continued on for a couple of years while I went and joined corporate America. Um, and of course I still rode and hung out with everybody, but I just wasn't involved in, in the shop as much. Uh, yeah. I guess it's, a question that usually comes up is like, like what was up with those Sapporo bikes that we built? Um, <laughs> of course, and that's that's that we was can't, we can't that dodge. was like <laughs> that was the end for me. Like, I it burned me out. It was an incredible thing that we got to do. Um, so, for those for those who don't know, bikes. you got you got to fill them in. Okay, so uh, we were very busy at the shop doing a lot of pipes, a lot of custom builds, and all this stuff, and we were approached by a marketing company who saw, yeah, I don't even know where, I think it was from like Montana or something. Some cool guys in a marketing company were doing uh, research for the Sapporo beer brand and they wanted to do something that like they could aim at hipsters to get hipsters' attention to get people to drink Japanese beer. Um, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to create like these Sapporo branded mopeds um, and then have like a big giveaway where people would like post your, they called it your, your Sapporo moment. Like what's your fun moment in yeah. summer, this summer, like post photos of like you doing your most fun thing, uh, enter this contest to win a bike. And they wanted us to build these custom bikes. And I was like, dude, like where, where are you going to get, where are going to get these parts? Like, <laughs> where, where are you going to, what, what years is again? Cause this is, this is an important right. like year kind of moment. Like 20, like, 2009, 2010, maybe. So around that time, um, where are you going to build a complete moped from scratch when we've been scrounging these bikes from, from the 70s for, like, you know, the last decade? Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like a slow a slow approach. And if anyone's listened to me tell a story before, I mean, fast forward if you want. But <laughs> it's just like uh, what happened is that they hit us up and they're like, hey, like, can you build – can you build us? Can you build us a custom bike? And we're like, oh yeah, we can do custom bike. Like, sure. For a beer company, sure. We'll just make it expensive. It'll be cool. Um, but they called us back a couple days later, and they're like, hey, can you build like five? Like, uh, fine. No, I don't know, man. No, I can't build five. Can't build you five bikes, dude. They're all look exactly the same. No way. No way. <laughs> no way. Um, me and Nate talked about it. Talked about it for a couple days in a row. And we were like, dude, I think we can do it. I think we can do five bikes. Like, okay. All right, and we agreed. We started signing a contract to build these bikes and the deposit. They came back at us again, like, hey, can you do a few more? Can you do a few more? Can you do a few more? It's like, dude, how the hell are we going to do this, man? It used to take us like half a year to build a cool custom bike. Um, 
but Nate was convinced that we could do it uh, with the help of the guys in the gang and uh, with the help of Treats in 77 and all the people we knew. It wasn't that we couldn't do it. It was like, biggest hurdle was, would we be able to get enough gas tanks? Yeah. Where do you get 26 of the same gas tanks? For mopeds. There'd be nothing hard. Yeah, they haven't been made in years. Yeah, so we were like researching. Well, could we use some other tanks? Could we use some small motorcycle tanks or something? Um, really wanted it to look like my nice Spadivus bike. That was the inspiration they wanted mm-hmm. to go with. So it had to be Captain Ranger top tank. They really wanted that bike. Um, and the closest we found that we could probably do is we were able to find a couple pacer tanks, the top tank pacers. Um, so we're like, okay, we got like three pacer tanks. Like, Let's start looking. Where can we get more Pacer tanks? Um, and Dan at 77, he came through. I don't know how he did it, but there was. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get this wrong. So you can probably correct me if you know enough. Uh, Moped Warehouse was like the dudes nobody really liked, right? Like those crazy dudes. Um, they had a lot of parts, but there was another moped, like giant moped liquidation thing that happened on the east coast i don't remember who it was but dan was able to get like a bunch of pacer tanks he was able to get us like 26 pacer tanks and ship them to us from like some old stock that he found like who the hell knows so crazy, how many people right? how many people you had to talk to like yeah, yeah how do you find they just it? <laughs> how do you find it they shipped us these fucking tanks <laughs> uh some of them were brand new, old stock. Mm-hmm. Some of them were used. Some of them were painted. Some of them weren't painted. But I'll tell you what. If you're going to ship 26 gas tanks cross country, please don't just shove them all in a fucking bicycle box <laughs> and let them fucking tumbleweed over to us. Like, I have a video on, like, YouTuber Vimeo somewhere where I'm unpacking the box. 26 heavily dented tanks. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I was devastated, man. I was like, like I don't know how to do. Bo- I'm not. I don't do body work. I don't know how to do body work. Nate was like, just like Nate always. He'd just be like, well, you just gotta do it. Like here's how you do it. I'm sure you how to do it. And like, like we bought Someone the weld. We bought like the spot welder. Too. We found a special kind of. Yeah, we found a special kind of filler that works with powder coat. You can't use like you can't use regular bondo powder coat it. Mm. It's not metal, so it don't stick. So we found a special stuff. I learned how to do body work. <laughs> don't ask me to don't ask me to ever fish a tank, but um, yeah, I know how to now. Um, <laughs> like I'll never do it again. Um, but I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had to we had to make twenty six old busted tanks look new. Um, we had to do you know, twenty six bikes. That's that's fucking a lot of wheels, dude. Oh yeah. Um, Benji came Benji came through with spoked wheels. Uh, we built. Well, we didn't build the wheels because they come assembled, but we had to uh, true. We had to true the wheels and mm-hmm. put all the bearings and stuff in them. And, um, I didn't know how to true a wheel, like, but now I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I'm <just like> pretty <laughs> good at it. <laughs> um, that burned me out, man. We built the bikes; they looked great, they worked great. Uh, and yeah, just I guess, how did you do it? Well, we bought 26 tomoses, 26 brand new tomoses, and yeah. we used, uh, used all the parts. That was wish we would 100%. Use all the that was probably I, the only way you could have gone with the motors. Yeah. I couldn't talk Nate into just like modifying the Tomos into what they needed. He was like, nope, I'm building the frame. I'm building the swing arm. 
I'm building the seat. We're going to have this, we're going to go to the foam company and they're going to build foam for us. We're going to go to the upholstery guy. He's going to, he's going to like make the seats. It was like almost nothing. Like we literally were using the forks. We didn't even use the wheels from the Tomas because they were all, uh, they're all mags. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, Sapporo's not going to care if they have mags. They don't care. He's like, I care. <laughs> it's coming from automatic. It's got to look sick. And I was like, okay. He would win those arguments with me all the time. And that's why his reputation is so good. Because yeah. <laughs> my ass would let shit slide. It was just like, he was like a monster for quality. And like his ideas were un- unchangeable. Yeah. It was always right when it came down to it. It's like chrome M-bars, um, so, Lucido throttles. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, the grips, he wanted certain grips. He wanted certain cables. Like, he wanted the Teflon cables. And it had to be, like, finished correctly. And it's like, fucking... He was... He didn't just wire the bike up. He like sat down, created wiring harnesses for every bike. Like, that's sick. Burned my ass out. So that was like nearing the end. We were palleting them up and shipping them. I was like getting getting into that job. And, um, I needed to do something else. I was losing my mind. Where do they? He continued they, on. Where do they get shipped to? All over, all of the United States. So, I drove so, one so, so, they, so they went to the winners. They went to the winners. Um, we sold the bikes to Sapporo for a couple thousand bucks each, and I think that they uh, they had the weird thing about like winning stuff. Like you get taxed when you're winning, so like mm. they had to put a value on the bikes. And I think they put, I think they put like a thirty five hundred dollars value on the bikes. That was not cool to win a bike and then have to pay a thousand dollars taxes, right? Oh yeah, brutal. I'm not actually that fun. <laughs> Like, like would I buy them? <laughs> yeah. And did cool moped people win them? Well, I think like three cool moped people won them. But moped people are broke. They don't have $1,000 for this fucking bike they won for free. So they always just sold them. They got it. Yeah, I got it. Sold it. <laughs> but right, it was kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I think, I think I've only yeah. seen like one of them like resurface over the years too. I don't know. I don't know anyone who really has them. Yeah, people send me photos every now and then. I'll like creep through it. And I'll be like, oh, check it out. One popped up. One popped up on Craigslist. One popped up on eBay. Um, but yeah, the, the frames were built from scratch, you know, fully from scratch, you know, like had to do geometry and uh, make them run, make them fucking straight, chain clearance, all that stuff, like swing on from scratch. Um, really cool project. And fucking neat. The just wizard, to think, dude. like, yeah, he's a wizard. He would probably never go. He'd probably never get interviews. So not into it. <laughs> Such a rad guy. Um, but you're always welcome to hit him up and ask him <laughs> on your show. Um, yeah, he continued doing it for a while. Uh, he ended up herniating his back really bad uh, when he was working in the shop alone. Um, and he had to take like three or four months off. He wasn't able to work. He was literally like laying down on the floor at home. Yeah. At that point, he had to give up the shop because couldn't pay the rent on it, you know, not making money. Um, all the local homies um, kind of bought out the shop, bought out the tools, found a new location. Um, you know, didn't find a new location for a moped shop, but found a new location for a private shop, you know, yeah. for everybody to share. Um, yeah, the, the and that's spot. been going nine, it's been going for like seven, eight, nine years now. Since I moved back from LA, I, I rent a space in there now too. And, I spend as many hours over there as I can working on stuff. We've got everything at that shop now. It's, it's kind of fun because, like, the original bandsaw that we had from back in the day is still running. Like, the old TIG welder is still in there. And um, feels like home to me. can walk in that shop and just be like, all right, feels like old time. 
same welding table we had. No. That's sick. Yeah, if you're ever out here, take you. Yeah, you know I got to go, dude. I got to see those matching derbies. <laughs> There's so many fucking crazy bikes out here. Um, and now that, like, now that everyone's, like, more adult, you know, like, people are kind of more grown up and have good jobs, like, there's some really nice shit. Like, my buddy Dave Mazzora, he put together one of these, uh, one of these MBRs. Yeah, I had Dave on just to talk about that bike, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> Like, I got dude, the rundown, but I was, like, literally nuts. just, like, I saw the bike and was like, I gotta, I gotta talk to him. I gotta talk to him. <laughs> yep, it's a trip. We, he had it out, he had it hosted our Christmas party. And he had uh, the bike in his living room, and it was like had like, Christmas lights all over. It looked oh, so yeah. sick. That thing's <laughs> legit, dude. I'm not gonna lie, Landscape yeah. built legit bikes. Like there's there's there's, there's there's something to be said about the shit that's come out of that club for sure. Dude, and the, <laughs> not even. I mean, we haven't even talked about like Polini Cup, the original racing, the the last racing we did a few years ago. Like the bikes Tyler and Barry put together, like those are rocket ships, yeah. man. Like those, those are not mopeds. Those might as well be scooter derbies, dude. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm looking a at a picture of them right now, dude. Those things are sick. Yeah, yeah. Those dudes legit are dragging their knee in full weathers. And I don't know a lot about these dudes in Florida, but I like see them pop up on Facebook sometimes when they do these drag races. Yeah, Tyler Stokes and, and the fucking drag boys down in Florida. Yeah, dude. If, running fucking if I had, nitrous. If I had a little spare time and spare money, I would just love to go look at that shit that they're doing and be like, wait, are they legit or no? Because no one can tell because no one can hold the fucking camera correctly when they do a drag race. Like, don't jump up and down and, like, wiggle. like I'm trying to see something. Yeah. like Don't film it. Don't. <laughs> yeah, you either got to have someone who's going to film and not watch the race with their real eyes or you're going to, yeah. you know, don't have the guy who's watching the race, like, film it, too. Like, he's not, he's not going to yeah. do a good job. And yeah. honestly, like. I know I have no connection to those dudes whatsoever, and they don't know anything. They don't know me, like, at all. But if I if I could think of nothing more fun to do, to go and, like, race those dudes and maybe eat some barbecue with them, like, oh, what yeah. would be a better weekend? Exactly. <laughs> that sounds so, so great. Like, so I've had this conversation multiple times about how I really wish that someone would just, like – because, like, we have MotoGP. We have the East Coast one, a Midwest. We have the West Coast. We have – the MotoGP off-road, the dirt, you know, the dirt one. I'm like, someone needs to make a legit, like, MotoGP drag racing event, but it needs to happen in the South. It doesn't necessarily need to be deep Florida, which is, like, the hardest place to get to for, like, half the fucking country because, like, once you hit Florida, you got to drive another 12 hours or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like, put that bitch in, like, Atlanta or, like, you know, (laughs) somewhere that's not so brutal to go all the way down to and, like, but, yeah. but close enough where you can get those guys to come up because if they don't show, yeah. it's not going to be legit. And it needs to be like at a track, like with some fucking yeah. food vendors, like have some regular hosted like rally ride, like cool. There's going to be a small ride for people who just are coming to rally. And then we're gonna, at the end of the ride, there's going to be this fucking drag race event and there's going to be yeah. trophies on the line and bragging rights for a year <sighs> and cash. Like yeah, on the man. side, they can make, unlimited side bets do whatever you want but there needs to be a trophy that gets like you know some like engraved emblem on it or something and then like that trophy's yeah. gotta come back to the race next year and like the winner oh takes that's all, a good you know, idea and pass that shit yeah like the tro- through the years yeah yeah, yeah you don't get to keep the trophy it travels i love yeah, that it'd be sick but like i had um yeah. i had tyrone stokes on the podcast like the main dude down uh-huh. there like so listen if you listen to that episode you'll hear he'll tell you like he says, like, you know, what he does to his bikes, what kind of gas they were running, like, 
how they tested different stuff, the Nas, the nitrous or whatever, like, you know, how like sometimes yeah. they'll run the bikes and then they have to like completely clean them out just because the gas they run is so corrosive that it's like, cool, you oh. ran it for the race and then you got to tear the whole motor down and rebuild it. Like, it's just, I, when I see that stuff, I'm like, like, yeah, yeah, I can see the pictures. I see all the crazy stuff. But like, you don't know if it's fast until you're there. Yeah. And like in my mind, like, I'm like, I've been to rallies all over the country and like I've seen fast bikes and I'm just like, dude, like, these guys are riding some pooks. Like, there's definitely some people in the scene who can take them. I've seen 50cc Mobies that are fucking killer. There's some, like, crazy scooter tech derbies out there. There's, like, Gila Tomoses. There's so many crazy fast bikes in this country. And I'm like, these guys can't be the only fast bikes. I'm like, there's definitely stuff that's faster. But until yeah. someone goes down there and, like, puts it on them, like, <laughs> they, yeah. they can talk all the shit they want because no one, you know, they're only racing the people in their, in their area. I know we have. It's true. We had on this guy, Craig Scott, who's like, I want to see he's from Ohio. I can't remember. I had him on the podcast, but he drove down there and like raced him. Like he had like a, huh. he took a Hobbit, like a, a GY6 Hobbit that Ryan built, yeah. the, Ryan built the motor and, you know, he, he tuned it, but like it wasn't a hundred percent ready to go when he went down there the first time and he raced him like lost bad. And then he went down there another time and like did better. It wasn't perfect. Hmm. And then he also has like some, um, another, like another like a Hobbit that, uh, that I want to say Tomahawk built the motor for. I don't know like how good that one did, but you know, he's going there and trying. He's like, he's, he's hooked on the drag game. So hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, I, I just, I think like <laughs> you would have to, you'd have to give me more than a cool race and a, and a cool barbecue to get me in the fucking like MAGA country of like the deep South. Like, <laughs> Can't get me there. Should not get me there. Man, we're straight down here. It's cool. You'll be all right. You're Caucasian as hell, dude. You'll be fine. Yeah, I do. That's the problem. I don't like any. I don't like any of my people. <laughs> yeah, man, it's nuts. No. But it's like it's saying. It's like it's, it's got to be somewhere close enough for they'll show up. You got to get them like out yeah. of Florida. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, maybe uh, maybe someone can like sell Netflix on like producing them show where they pay for it all and <laughs> we all just right. go be idiots so that's it we're calling we're calling on that's you know that's definitely where the call goes out to west coast all right guys we're gonna we're gonna need these uh the la peeps to fucking work your magic dude. yeah get <laughs> where, it together where are these producers <laughs> yeah indeed man indeed there there's a yeah there's a story there you know describe the the greatest moped builders of all time and have the elimination battle you know like yeah, how many yeah. elimination shows are there there's so many of those I drag race tv shows too there's been a bunch of them for yeah. cars like why not make i mean them i watch people i watch people blowing glass elimination <laughs> like you're blowing glass i don't even fucking care <laughs> i love those shows yeah, but exactly. british bake-off i'm watching it dude there was some um <laughs> great great pottery throwdown i'm watching it <laughs> I can't remember the. Uh, he's gonna be mad. Whatever. Calling out names by by memory, like on podcasts, like on the spot, is like the hardest shit in the world. But there's a homie right. from New York that actually did like a moped TV. Like he tried to do a TV show. Like he's like, oh, I'm gonna make the pilot, uh -huh. and it's called Moped Money. And he like uh -huh. takes two teams, and they like pick you know parts like out of like a pile, and they like build a boat, a motor, on a bike, and then like they drag race the bikes at the end. So yeah, he, he tried to, he tried, like they only did the one episode, but it was interesting. That was like an interesting, interesting theme. And I know like the Satan's that is, that is a good idea. show, like the Satan's like had a cool. legit show, dude. It was like on, I don't even know what it's on, but you can watch the hell Satan's like moped 
TV show. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Remember, oh, we used to ride out ago. to fucking the bar once a week to like watch the airing. We're like, all right, cool. We're going to the bar. Watch the show. It's coming out this week. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> super, cool, it's super scripted. Like all the shit that they were doing was fake. They're just like, all right, we got to make some drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to wrap up here pretty soon, man. Um, but if you had some stuff on your list, I'm happy to spend a few minutes going over anything you had specific. Dude, there's definitely no list. <laughs> Okay, all, good. Yeah, yeah. There's no list. It's just about like hanging out. Like I just like excited to get to talk to you, man. Like like I said, Very like good. Very good. your bikes were always cool to look at and it's cool like to see the land squids back in the day, like being from like the East Coast. I was just like, dude, like you guys, the creatures always were like, dude, the cool cl- the cool kid clubs from fucking the cool kid clubs from the West Coast, you know? It was definitely <laughs> you guys That's were up rad. there. So to like, That's you know, talk so to you cool. is just rad for me, like for myself. Like so I love you said, it, man. You, so I love you said it. you've come back to to mopeds. Like, how's it been being back in it? Yeah. Um, so I kind of like. I know we were we were kind of chatting earlier uh, about like finishing stuff. You know, like thinking about like New Year's um, and like <laughs> making some ground rules. Like just finishing some shit. I've 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 always had a moped project. Like, there's never been a point in the years, even the years that I would say that I was out of the scene, like. I still had a moped project. Like there's always one in my garage or my side yard or something. All, there's never been like a month to go by that and order some, some tw- treats at some point, you know? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so what's been really fun <clears throat> since I got back to Sacramento and um, being involved in the shop again, is it's really just like, wow, like how far can you take something? And I hadn't built, I hadn't built a custom bike since the Motomatic days, um, but I had like several years since I had done a whole bike from scratch. And a friend of mine um, had asked me, he's like, just out of the blue, he's like, hey man, like I have a kid. I've had this bike project for a long time. I really wanted to put this Hobbit together. I always wanted a Motomatic bike. And would you ever consider like helping me with that? And I'll just pay, I'll pay you to do it. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, and someday, someday, whatever. And then finally, we just got it together and. Uh, last year, he drove up, dropped me off a basket full of, you know, like, disheveled Hobbit. And, um, I, had a, I took my time, and I was, I was like, hey, man, this is what, here's how we'll do it. You got to buy any parts I tell you we got to buy. I get to do whatever I want. I get to build whatever I want, and you have to pay for it. And I'm not asking for any labor. This is just going to be like a hobby where I get to put together something I want to put together. So. Yeah. He wasn't charged for building. He was just charged for parts. Yeah. And I got to take as much time as I wanted. And I took damn near a year. Um, but I built a really nice Hobbit. I built, built the wheels. Plans. Yeah. I would go there and in the winter, I'd just go there and when it's dark out early and go spend some time, put, put the headphones on. And you're not stressed <laughs> over you know? some timeline. Yeah. It didn't feel like a customer job. It was like, hey, I'm doing a special thing for my friend. And I'm not even going to tell him what it's going to look like. You know, it's like, I want there to be a reveal where you like, you get this bike. Um, and I definitely am not interested in building fringe technology, uh, wild clutches. I want a bike that like Reliable. some dude who's 40, like I want a dude who's like jump on this bike, can go for a ride on the weekend if he has some free time and it will make a ride, yeah. you know? So like a middle tuned quick bike, that's reliable <laughs> that doesn't feel squiggly yeah. <laughs> to be like rock solid. Like I want it to be a fun thing. Um, and if, if he wants to modify it further, fine. It's none of my business. Um, but that's kind of like what I'm interested in now. It's like, yeah. um, we're, we're going to have a national rally this year. Um, respect. And 
Yeah, I'm super stoked and super excited. I haven't been involved in hosting one for a really long time. And like part of my job this this rally season is like, hey, I'm going to build a bike that will raffle off. And um, it's going to be like that. You know, it's going to be a really reliable, cool looking bike. And it's not going to be some water cooled maniac thing that someone's going to win and not know how to deal with. You know, I want people to get this. They can, if some super tuner gets it, they can have a little Sunday ride bike that they jump on or they can fucking sell it or give it to their friend. I don't care. Definitely. But that's what I'm interested in is, like, making something cool. Well, that's cool, too, dude. Just the fact that, like, you know, we can put it out, bro. Like, yo, there's going to be rafter-built fucking bike, you know, OG coming at you with the raffle bike. Like, that's that's tight. It's worth, <laughs> dude, that's worth yeah, something, dude. Like, for, for someone who's – for people who have been in the game for a long time, it's like, yo, that's cool. The fucking, yeah, you know, it should be, it should be pretty points, cool. For sure. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to put it. I don't want to put it out there too far. But Nate is also talking about maybe building a bike. So if mm. we end up with two bikes, there will be one very chill, cool looking bike, and there will probably be one insane fucking bike that yeah, will be dangerous and expensive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, awesome, man. Um, thank you my girlfriend ordered us some pizza, and yeah. pizza is here. Sick. So. That's it's that works perfect for me, know. dude. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Like it's been fun talking to you. Well, Happy New Year. Um, uh, let's let's uh, let's exchange updates within thirty days on the uh, ground rules that we've come up with <laughs> for this year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I mean, I like definitely like you know keep my moped budget like within within like something reasonable. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you maybe know. me and you can have a contest and see how much shit we can get rid of. Oh, dude, I have a laundry list right now. I'm going to put it out there straight up. No lie. Hit me up. I don't care how much you guys want to blow my shit up. I'm selling my Cobra and and, and a Hobbit and a Perfect LX. Hit your boy up. Like, Oh, man. Well, that's a good time to drop it. Somebody <laughs> just Someone just posted a Cobra for 3500 bucks out here in Sacramento, and oh, I'm ridiculous. just laughing my head off. Dude, the, there was a Tomos. Ship yours out here. Yeah, there was like some three thousand dollar Tomos, thirty eight hundred or something. Posted recently, our buddy Thomas like jokingly posted like some like Pook Nostalgia Maxi for like thirty five thousand or I mean, thirty five hundred or something. Like, and just got trolled that into the ground. Really, but it was like he knew what he was really doing. Cool bike, it was though. definitely a joke. That's a fucking. That's a cool bike. Yeah, Nostalgia is awesome. The Pook, Pook Nostalgia is pretty fucking cool. With the pinstripes, dude. Phew, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome! Yeah, All right, man. man. I'm gonna go burn my. I'm gonna go burn the roof of my mouth. Do uh, it. Do it. Really it, great dude. talking to you. Oh yeah. Uh, this will be out tomorrow, dude. And thanks. Thanks for for talking, dude. I'll post you up and tag you and everything. Awesome, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Take care, hey, bro. Bye. Bye. Cool guys. That is another one down. Moped Money Podcast. Uh, yeah, dude. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys are ready to bring in this new year, 2023. Uh, keep your scenes alive, you know, wrench nights, group rides, bring in some new people, sell some bikes for a reasonable price, sell some bikes for an unreasonable price, you know, so you can afford to, you know, put, put stuff into your own bikes, you know, support all the companies that have been helping us and supporting us, Moped Army, Treatland, Dose Cycles, Denny. You, you know who everyone is, dude. Crank pipes, like everyone who's doing cool shit in mopeds, like needs the support of the community to keep it alive and keep it going. Uh, shout out to fucking Jimmy from Second Chance, like you know, he's providing content, keeping keeping entertainment going out there. You know, fuck, there's so much stuff, dude. Resto cycles, 
you know i watch his little videos and stuff he's got a, a cool discord going um <sighs> moped rich put out the new calendar dude like the new calendar is sick if you guys haven't checked it out yet um i have a couple uh, maybe I'll do some giveaways soon. I'll try to save a couple. I'm giving some to the, some of the homies in town and then I'll save a couple that I'll, I'll like, I don't know, do some raffle or something. I'll like put those in the package or something. I don't know. I'll figure something out. And then, uh, but yeah, it's cool. If you guys haven't seen it this year, I know some are going to treat, some are going to dose, some are going around. So, or you can hit moped rich up direct and he might have some that he can send you. They're cool. Cool bikes in it this year. So check it out. There's some some cool ones for sure. But the, I think one of the best things he did was the fucking the back page. They do the the tuning spreadsheet things on there. You got I think Maze helped him out with it. It's got the timing wheel. Like there's some sick stuff that comes on the calendar this year. That's actually like useful beyond just like looking at it for a calendar. So check that stuff out. Um, should be cool. Dude, what else, dude? I don't know, man. I'm just pumped though. I'm still here, still doing this. It's fun. I still enjoy it. Like super shout out to Mike Rafter. That was like really awesome. We get to talk to him. Cause like I said, like I looked at his bikes when I was like coming up in mopeds and I was like, dude, like, you know, these things are sick. And the shit Motomatic did was like super killer for the scene. Like, I don't know. Ton of, ton of cool stuff, dude. I don't know. This year I want to finish some projects that I got going on. I'm a hundred percent dead set on like selling a couple of things i just post said i was gonna sell like i'm getting rid of some bikes gonna get rid of some stuff i don't need i'm gonna like clear some space in the garage i got like a derby like project i'm trying to build up i need to finish my pook cobra my, my pook uh off-road build the moped cross build like i don't know if i can get those two bikes done this year and like offload some of the stuff that i'm not riding and that i know i'm not gonna be using like i'd feel like super accomplished like, it would be cool to get out to L.A., I mean, to, to SAC, to the fucking National Rally, but we'll see. You know, that's so far from now. It's going to be, like, a hard thing to figure out. Like, you know, I have to wait till it's a lot closer before I figure that shit out for sure. Um, as far as stuff coming up, um, January 13th through the 15th, we got freeze your balls off it's normally like a scooter rally that goes down in durham north carolina but our homies and uh the homies in the graveyard shifters are going to be hosting it this year so it's kind of cool and then one of the homies from raleigh from the from smog squad provided is providing the uh, raffle bike so you got a cool poof maxi raffle bike you got a moped hosted event going down january 13th through the 15th um, the Rebels are still going to be doing Ride and Chatter. They have not announced the date, unless we talked about the last podcast. I don't know if we, to me and Thomas, like, dropped the date or not. But I don't have a date I that I know of. I know they fucking are doing one. So if they want to, I don't know, figure it out. Maybe I'll have them on next week. We'll see. I'm going to talk, talk them into, like, coming in here and, like, dropping the details, dude, so we can, like, get the information out about the rally. Hopefully some people want to come to Richmond. You guys want to come to Richmond to hang out? You know? Ride and Chatter. It's going to be going down sometime in the next month or two like don't know when i think it's gonna be in march but don't quote me on that till i get them in here and figure it out um you got the zeros doing the swap meet february 3rd through the 5th so if you guys want to take a little trip to toledo you know get rid of some of your old bikes and extra stuff you got laying around the garage that's a, a good time from what i hear i haven't been to it but 
you know, seemed pretty cool last year with the pictures I saw and the people that talked about it. Um, and then you got the Space Coast Brat Fest. There is an old episode that we did talking about that. That's going to be a rally down in Florida, uh, February 10th through the 12th. So if you guys are cold, you're freezing your dick off in the Midwest somewhere up north, like February, you can get to go down to Florida and ride mopeds and t-shirts and shorts in the fucking sun and have a good old time and forget all about the winter for at least a weekend. So I don't know, hit it up. That's, that might be a fun one. And it's one off. It's a new young kid in the scene, putting on by himself, like, and he's like, you know, putting forth some, some effort. Yeah. Listen to the episode. He talks about it. He talks about the ride. Seems like a cool area to go, you know, chill, ride mopeds, enjoy yourself. <sighs> and that's it, dude. Like, I'm pumped to be here. I'm pumped to still be doing it. Like I enjoy the podcast much now as I did, you know, a couple years ago. And thank you guys for listening and sticking with it. Um, that's it. Uh, fuck your car. Ride a moped. today.